we are going hunting for treasure this morning. So we're talking about the idea of flourishing. It's uh, 2017, it's the new year, we've just come off the back of a wonderful bit of time, bit of break. You may not have had time off work, but it's a different kind of pace this time of year. And so we want to talk about how to think about flourishing uh, in the new year. Now, we've got, um, got a bit of a PowerPoint coming up in just a moment. Until then, I want you to think about... Oh, here it is. Okay, this is our treasure map for the day. So we're talking about flourishing. I want you to think about some of those treasure hunting movies that we've seen on the screen today because I've got a few hints and tips for you. If you do want to be a treasure hunter, I've got a few hints and tips for you. Hopefully this is working. Here we go. My hint number one is if it's been shut for a thousand years, don't go in it. That's just dumb. Hint number two, if you need to cut the spider's webs with a machete, there will be spiders in there. Number three, if the bridge looks rickety, it is 100% guaranteed to break and there will be crocodiles no matter what country you're in. Just when you think you've found the treasure, think again, it's actually never that simple. I think Indiana Jones said, X never marks the spot. Uh, never trust any... Oh, that's my last one. I just blew that. Uh, Never trust anyone who says, trust me. The baddie always gets there just before you do, or perhaps just after, but it's always pretty much coinciding. A compass, a pocket knife, that's really all you need, maybe a hat and a whip. Uh, make sure there is a way out before you go in. I think that's a really good tip. And like I said before, X never actually marks the spot. But we'll th- I was thinking about this whole idea of treasure hunting. And this is a quote from The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. There comes a time in every rightly constructed boy's life when he has a raging desire to go somewhere and dig for hidden treasure. Okay, did anybody ever in their childhood go and look for hidden treasure? Come on, admit it. Yep. Actually, I don't think I did, but... uh. Anyway, I actually wonder whether... Something in us is wired to hunt for the best stuff in life, to hunt for the good stuff. And that's what I want to talk about today. What does it mean to hunt the good stuff? So what we're talking about is the good stuff in life. What is the actual best good stuff? We went uh, down to Phillip Island for a week during the summer after New Year's, took the family Uh, Off we went, and of course, in every small town, particularly beach town, what will you find there? A carnival. There's always a little fairground, there's always a carnival, and so the kids are like, wow, that looks so amazing, when are we going to go there? And so day by day, oh, not today, not today, oh, maybe tomorrow, maybe, and then eventually one day, off we went, we rode our bikes down to the carnival, and we took them in. And they were just big-eyed, looking around because everything's bright and colourful and glittery and there's prizes everywhere and there's rides up to the sky. And they're like, wow, let's do everything. And then I did my usual, okay, family huddle. Come on, boys. Bring them in close. And I get down and I say to them, I just want to tell you something. It might look like the good stuff, but I'm not sure it really is the good stuff. And so then we went and had a look at the first game that you do, which was for $5, you can buy three darts 
and Pitham at some very small, lowly inflated balloons, which the darts will probably bounce off, lowly inflated balloons, um, and win a prize that's probably worth 50 cents. And I said that to them, and I said, and now let's watch for a moment. And so they watch, and there's people throwing darts, and nobody gets anything. Maybe every fifth person wins a 25-cent prize. And I'm like, is it the good stuff? Because it looks like the good stuff. The prizes are lined up high, so high the kids can't even see the big ones at the top. But I'm not sure it was the good stuff. So then we went off to the next one and the next one and the next one. And I'm trying to explain to them how something might look like the good stuff, but it actually isn't the really good stuff. That's what I want to do today. I want to spend a bit of time trying to work out how we work out what's the good stuff and what's not the good stuff. So, what's this? Anybody? What's in the hand? It's fool's gold. So, in, back in the day when they were mining for gold, they'd spend their days digging and mining and panning and looking and digging, and then eventually somebody would be like, it's gold, it's gold, I've struck gold, and he'd go into town and he'd spend all the money he had showing everybody, look at my gold, look at my gold, and then after a few days of my name, oh, I was about to use the word skiting about it, whatever that means, skiting about his gold find, um, bragging about it. He would go into the gold office and he'd lay his gold down because his pockets were empty because he'd spent all his money and he'd say, I want to cash in my gold and they would go, oh, sorry, it's fool's gold. That's not actually real gold. It kind of looks a bit like gold, but it has none of the properties of gold. In fact, it's probably a bit more of a greeny um, kind of tingy colour. He's got more iron in it or something, but it's not gold. It's fool's gold. And you know what? He's just looked like a fool for the last few days. And that's why they called it fool's gold, because it fooled them. And so I was thinking about this whole idea of we're at the fairground and we're looking around and we're seeing things that are bright and sparkly and look amazing and have the promise of good presence. But it actually is fool's gold. We're being tricked into thinking this is the good stuff and this is worth it. I want to spend a couple of moments thinking about these three things because these are three things that I think the world tells us we should be chasing after. But I think they are fool's gold. They are things like the immediate, selfish and shallow. At some stage I will look at my notes. Let me just find where I'm actually up to. Uh, <clears throat> so the, the immediate. You know in the, the world today... If I want something, I can actually have it now. So back when I was expecting my children, I would be lying on the couch and it'd be like, oh, gee, I'd love a peppermint magnum. I would love a peppermint magnum. And so Dave would get the keys and hop in the car and drive to the nearest 7-Eleven and buy me a peppermint magnum. Actually, yeah, actually he would buy, he would buy two. Because he would bring one home and he'd give it to me and he'd put the other one in the freezer because he knew I'd want. But it's that whole sense of immediate. And what I wanted, I could have immediately. I could have it right away. I think we've talked here before about this idea of um, you can now order anything online and have it delivered to you like within 24 hours. There are companies um, called, it's a company called Deliveroo, where if you order something, if I ordered a Slurpee now, they would deliver it to me within an hour. Because I want it now. Because the world says you deserve it immediately. And I think that's fool's gold. 
The second one is this idea of selfish. I was, I said to Dave this morning, gee, for the first time in my life, I wish I had a selfie stick. I've never wanted a selfie stick. That is, but I, I would have liked to have done the whole, and now I've got my selfie stick because this is, it was one of the hottest selling items in the last few years because everybody wants to be in their own photos because the world says it's all about you. I, I looked at a, a thing on somewhere. It, was, it wasn't social media. I looked at a thing a while ago and it said, um, did you know that the earth revolves around the sun? Because some of you will be disappointed to discover that it does not revolve around you. And I remember years ago, my mum used to always say that of my brother. Oh, he thinks the world revolves around him. And I didn't really know what that means, but I do now. Because actually we're told that the world does revolve around you. You are the most important. And you can even buy a device that helps you to be in the centre of every photo. Um, in fact, selfie sticks is old school now because there's a new thing and it's the selfie drone. So you can get a drone which will hover in front of you and no matter where you go, it will follow you. And take a selfie and you can be the entire centre of the world all of the time because it's got like a facial recognition thing in it and it follows you. Oh, I do not want a selfie drone. It's bad enough when I go, you know, out with people and they say, let's do a group selfie thing. I've got the longest arms and I'm always like right at the front. Ah, oh, Anyway, but the world says self is most important. And... Um, does anybody know what FOMO is? FOMO? Yeah? If you don't, ask like, I don't know, a 10-year-old or something like that. Who, do you know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. There you go. So FOMO is now an actual thing which they're relating to mental health issues as well because people are so desperate to make sure that they are at the most exciting thing all of the time that they think they're missing out. And it's just all about self. And I think self is important, but self gets overrated and out of control and can become fool's gold. And the last one I've got I've chosen there is shallow. And I I was thinking just this whole idea of um you know on Facebook, on social media, if I'm on Facebook and I'm scrolling through I don't know about you, but I go, nah, 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 nah. Oh, they always say stuff I agree with. Read. And then I go, nah, 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 nah. Oh, I like what they always say. Read. Or I'll open there or I'll look at their comments. But actually, I get to do a whole lot of dismissing. And actually, I think that one of the problems with our social lives being on a device which lets us pick and choose. No, I'm not going to be friends with you. No, I'm not going to listen to what you say. No, I'm not going to read what you say. It's actually possibly causing us to live a little shallow because we don't ever read anything that challenges us. We don't actually have people who go, do you think that's right? So there's this new word, phrase thingy. I wonder if any of you have heard of it. Um, it's called post-truth. Has anybody heard of the phrase post-truth? Anybody heard the phrase post-truth? Yeah, a few people. So it, uh, 
if I'm wrong, <laughs> this is what I understand it to mean. So it kind of emerged out of the Donald Trump campaign thing, and it's describing um, the way information is presented in a way that, that says truth is less important than causing an emotional response in people. Okay, So the data, the facts, the actual information is not important. What I say, as long as it actually causes an emotional response and actually changes people and, and causes them to think the way I want them to think, then that's how we're going to do it. And it's called post-truth, where truth is no longer important. Backing up your facts is no longer important. Having the content and the information right is no longer important. And I just think that that's a really shallow play on life. And I think that immediate selfish, shallow, I think they are fool's gold, which the world is telling us, chase after. Chase after these things, and I don't think that they're real. There's loads more. I probably had a list of like 15 things that I would have liked to, but you guys don't want to be here all morning. Um, so there was once a man, quite a wealthy man, and he was holidaying in Mexico. He'd uh, worked for years and years and years and saved up his money and was off having a fabulous holiday. He was living in a big, staying in a big condo somewhere and he was looking down over the beach. And as the days went by, each day he would see this local man hop into his boat, go out, fish for three or four hours, come back in uh, with his catch of fish and then go. And he's like, that's sort of curious that that man does that every single day. And in fact, I don't even see him every day. It's just most days. And then, so he wanders down to the beach and he stops the fellow one morning and he says, so why is it that you only fish for three or four hours and bring your fish in? Because, you know, if I was thinking about it up on my balcony watching you, if you fished all day, you could probably sell half the fish that you catch. But then I was thinking about it some more. If you got four other boats and got four other people to work with you and sent all the boats out and fished all day, like a good eight, eight to ten hours every day and brought them in, you could actually set up a shop in the market and sell the fish and make more money. Actually, even more so, what you could do is you could be the foreman and you could have a whole fleet of boats, like buy bigger boats, not just the little ones that you use, and go out every day and bring in all the fish and sell them. You could set up like a factory where you, um, you know, prepared them to be sold and it, it could be amazing. And, and the man looks at him and says, why would I do that? And he said, trust me, if you did that, then you would be like me. One day you could come to a beautiful beach like this and every afternoon sit around and just watch the ocean. And the man says, that's what I do. I fish for three or four hours. It's enough for my family. And then every afternoon I hang out with my children. We eat the fish that we've got. We've got enough. And I watch the sunset every afternoon over this beautiful beach. I wonder if sometimes we're hunting the wrong stuff. I wonder if we're hunting the wrong stuff. So let's go back to our treasure map. How do we know what we're looking for? How do we know how to hunt the good stuff? So here are three things that I thought over the last little while with some of my reading that I've been doing that I think are good stuff. I think slow 
is good stuff. There's a bit of a movement, um, slow food, where you're actually slowing down and you're actually enjoying the food preparation, you're enjoying the meal with the people, you're appreciating the food. That's quite different to the immediate fast that the world tells us to, to chase after. I've got to remember to keep turning my notes. Deep. Um, rather than the, I've got 5,500 friends on Twitter and Facebook actually saying, I've got five really meaningful friends that I've got time for that reflect good stuff back to me and speak into my life and I into theirs. Deep. There was um, a thing I read. In fact, I must tell Troy when he comes back. It's about fishing. Um, It says, if you want to catch the big fish, you need to fish in the deep waters. And I think that's what I'm going with this, is actually the deep things in life, the things that we have to, have to go delve into and, and take more time and more effort into. They are the actual good stuff in life and the things that are true. I read a book a little while ago and it was called Who Switched the Price Tags? Has anybody read that? I can't remember who it was by again. Someone will know it. It started with this idea that instead of robbing a department store, a bunch of people snuck into a department store and switched all the prices around. So that when the department store opened in the morning, the toothbrush was worth $400,000 and the beautiful, you know, six-burner barbecue was worth $1.50. So they'd switched all the price tags around. And this led him to this book which he wrote, which is about... Who switched the price tags? And I actually feel like that's what's happened in life, is that we're looking at life and we're going, whoa, look at the price on that. That is the good stuff. Actually, no, it's not. It's just a balloon-popping game which will be here and gone in about 25 seconds flat and you'll get a $1.50 prize if you are super lucky. It's not the good stuff. The price tags have been switched on us and we need to be really smart and really savvy. So, when we are lost as to what's the good stuff and what's the not good stuff, we need to go and find the key. You know on the treasure map, you've got your treasure map and there's always a key. There's always a thing that helps you to understand the stuff in the treasure map. Well, uh, I've got the key here. I have absolutely unequivocally got the key to what is the good stuff. Are you ready? Oh, he's gone. Is Charlie still here? Oh. My six-year-old Charlie knows what the key is. He absolutely unequivocally knows what the key is. Anytime someone in my family says, we don't know, no one knows... So it might be it might be a question that you know someone you know but who made the whatever blah 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 and someone else will go like Jack will say we don't know Charlie no one knows and he'll turn around and go well God does and by the way if anybody can teach my children to say God not God I would love that <sighs> I don't know if any of you were here on Christmas Day was it Christmas Day when Oliver read the reading God oh. Anyway, Charlie turns around and says, well, God does, and he's absolutely unequivocally right. 
if we can't decide what's the good stuff and what's the not good stuff, then we actually need to go to the creator of all things because he knows what the good stuff really is. So, <laughs> this is called a Thermomix. If, uh, if you had purchased a Thermomix and took it home and you're like, this is going to be fantastic and um, you never read the user's manual, you never read the operator's manual, you never read the information about how to use it, chances are you are either not using it correctly or you're not getting the best use out of it. Now, just as an aside, if you have, in fact, on a whim, bought a Thermomix and it's in the back of your cupboard and you wish you hadn't bought it because you don't use it because you didn't use the user's manual and you wish you could get rid of it because it's taking up space, my office is just over there. I'm happy for you to leave your name on it and donate it to me because I'd love one. But anyway. Um, So... If we didn't read the user's manual, we would not know how to use it properly. So, oh, no, let's go back one. So, if in life we want to know what's the good stuff and what's the not good stuff, there are times when it's very clear and there are times when it's not so clear. And we need to actually go to the owner and find out the maker and find out what they say. Just before I do, I'm I'm wondering if I can chat to... Oh, no, I'll I'll come to that in a minute. No, no, I'll do it now. I'm wondering if I can chat... Tune out for a minute. I'm wondering if I can chat to the teenagers. Have I got any teenagers, upper primary teenagers in the room? I just want to tell you something very important. Are you listening? Your screens are not the good stuff. Yeah. Yell it. Preach it. Your screens are not the good stuff. Your PlayStation is not going to turn up at your soccer grand final and cheer from the sideline. Your Xbox is not going to come to a party and bring you a cool present and enjoy your company. Mario Kart will not teach you to drive. (laughs) Ask my driving instructor husband. It will not teach you to drive. Your Facebook friends will not give you a hug and comfort you when you have lost someone or are brokenhearted. Your Twitter followers will not make you delicious chicken soup when you are sick. Your iPhone will not show up at your funeral and give a wonderful eulogy. Screens, devices, are not the good stuff. Now, I'm not saying that they're like terrible, bad, dreadful, because you'll often find me on mine. So, but there is a place. There's a hierarchy in terms of this stuff, and your screens are not the unequivocal good stuff. They will not be there for you. So I've got a great tip for you. If you don't know... Is this a question? <laughs> your PlayStation will not turn up at your soccer grand final and cheer for you on the sidelines. Your PlayStation is not the good stuff. So if, if you were to go to your phone and go to settings and scroll down to 
that tree, it will... Oh, I'm going to turn that off because it will show... No, it will show you what percentage of your battery is being used by what things. Parents, quite helpful if your kids are... You can find out what percentage of your life is being used by which things. Okay? Whew. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say on that. <laughs> what is the good stuff? So let's, let's have a look at God's word because if indeed God is the maker, he wrote the owner's manual, then he must give us some clues about what the good stuff is. So I'm going to read for you... Uh, Proverbs chapter 2, and up here I've highlighted the verbs. The verbs are the doing words. Listen to this. If you accept my words and store up my commandments within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I'm going to read the rest of it in just a moment. But the verbs are accept, store up, turn your ear, incline your heart or apply your heart, call out, look, search. Now, while I've got the attention of all the young people, I did this just for you. Some Minecraft pickaxe. Woke you all up, didn't I? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. If you want to know what the good stuff is, ask, seek, knock. Dig, dig, dig. Take every thought captive and submit it to Christ. Dig, dig, dig into God's word. When you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. If we actually dig into God's word and into his presence, and into who he is, we will unequivocally know what the good stuff is. We need to do those verbs in order to find the actual treasure. So here is the treasure. It's the second part of the verse. Uh, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk, sorry, to those who walk in, are blameless. He guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. And it goes on and on and on. And Proverbs is a good place to hunt the good stuff. So, What's the actual treasure? What's the actual treasure that we're hunting? The actual treasure that we're hunting is the mind of God. Imagine if we hunted down the mind of God and we received the mind of God for us. There's a... um, In John, it said, in the beginning there was the word and the word... Was, yeah, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. God said, how can I take the best of my mind, all of my wisdom, all of my knowledge, everything I want to do and give it to my people? I'm going to put it in the form of a person. Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the exemplified, outworking example. Exemplified example, that's terrible. He is the example of God's wisdom for us. And that's what we should be digging. That's what we should be searching for. So, 
as I finish up. My question is, what treasure will you seek in 2013? Sorry, 2017. What, what is it that you will dig for? What is it that you'll go after? What's, what's the good stuff that you might have to say, I know that this stuff is not the good stuff and I'm going to choose less of it in my life because I'm going to choose more of the good stuff. I'm going to seek after more of God's wisdom in my life. I'm going to seek after deeper relationships in my life. I'm going to seek after quality time spent in my life. What is it that you are going to seek after in 2017, this year? As uh, some of you may notice, I've given you all a little treasure map. You've all got a little treasure map there. And I'm wondering if you can grab it and grab a pen... While we're listening to this song and reflecting, I want you to take a few minutes and listen in your heart. Think about your life. Think about what is the good stuff that you know God wants you to chase after. It might be that he, you think he wants you to read Proverbs. Then write that down. It might be that he wants you to invest more deeply in the way of life. Now, the way of life is four phrases that at NCR we've decided are really good good stuff which is help me out here Steve act serve immerse and rest immersion and rest so acting serving immersing in God and resting it might be that it might be that you don't know who Jesus is and you need to do a journeys course come and speak to somebody we can actually you know, spend some time helping you to unpack the treasure. Join a life group. Make plans for some fitness. Strengthen some relationships. Do a parenting course. Do a marriage course. I don't know what it might be, but as we reflect on this song, that God is the treasure, how will you chase after him? How will you hunt him down in the coming year? How will you hunt the good stuff in 2017?